Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you take my ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Isaiah 58, verse 10, the Bible says, Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, God Has a Plan, and He Wants You to Serve Him. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for each person who's come today. And Lord, I ask you now to anoint my mouth and my mind to say things that would honor you, God. Give us ears to hear what you say to us today. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to receive your word today with gladness and be blessed by it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, how I needed the screens today. If there was ever a day where the screen shouldn't have went down, it is today. But how many of y'all know that if you want to hear from God today, you can? God made a promise that when his word goes forth, it will accomplish what he sends it out to do. And so it's going to be more difficult for you today to follow along, those of you who are used to having every verse put on the screens. But I want you to listen. I've told you before, it's never in what I say as to whether or not someone feels like they enjoyed the message. Because the message is going to be the message. And one person on a row could say they got, out of, got something out of it, enjoyed it, heard God say something to them, it was good for them. The other person could say, nah, I heard all that before. The difference isn't in what I'm saying or how I'm saying it. The difference is if you're listening and trying to receive something from the Lord. The, the, the Bible says, seek and you shall find. And I know God has a word for us in this place today. He's got a plan, and he wants you to serve him. Now, one of the big things that people have searched for since the beginning of time is purpose. Say purpose. Oh, that's huge in the world today. Every corporate office of every major company in this country has a purpose statement on their wall somewhere and a mission statement and a vision statement. And people are looking for and have been looking for purpose since the beginning of time, trying to find the meaning in life. I came today to tell you that should be easy if you're a child of God. God gave us 1,189 chapters to tell us everything we need to know. Your purpose is right in this book. Can somebody say amen? amen. The, the, but the reason so many people are still searching for purpose and meaning, still trying to, listen to this, this is so funny, and I get this all the time. People are trying to find themselves. I, I can't tell you how many times I've counseled people in my office. Well, Pastor, you know, I spent so much time raising my kids. Now I'm trying to find myself. Shannon's laughing because they, they come with that, don't they, brother? He does all the counseling and he knows. But still trying to find yourself. Listen, if you're more than three years old, you ought to know where you are. 
If you're trying to find yourself, then you are being tricked and you are being trapped. You're, you're searching for something to keep you from seeing what's there. Mm, we're going to get there in a minute. I think the reason people are still trying to find themselves, is, be, especially for Christians, is because, and hear me, they don't see serving God as enough. There has to be more, Pastor. There has, listen, there, there's nothing you'll ever do that'll be more fun, more awesome, and more eternal than allowing God to use you for his glory. It's, it's, it should be enough, but people, well, there's got to be more. It can't just be going to church and singing a few songs and giving some money. Listen, if that's your whole relationship to God, if that's all it is to you, I want to release you from that today. If all your Christianity boils down to is what you get out of church on Sunday morning, you've missed the whole picture. Because religion is boring. It crowds up your schedule. It puts you around bad people. But Christianity is amazing and awesome. And if you ever get involved in serving God, you'll realize this is what I want to do. But people think, well, there must be something bigger than just serving the Lord. Uh, there's, there's no greater purpose than serving God. But as humans, we're selfish. Let me say it to this side because they don't want to hear me. As human beings, we're selfish. If you, you don't have to look further than the nursery to find out that we're born selfish. You, you go ahead and try to tell, tell your little three-year-old, hey, go take that toy. From that other kid. And watch how the selfishness breaks out. Or let someone take a toy from yours. We are selfish as human beings and we're proud. Let me tell you who can't say amen to that. Y'all ready? Put your big boy pants on. If you can't say amen to that, then you're who I'm talking to. If you don't understand that each one of us has a measure of selfishness, each one of us has a measure of pride. Well, not me. I'm the most humble person that ever lived. Do you know how you sound right now? Mm. It may be what you say about yourself, but what do people say about you? See, we want it to be about us, and that's what the devil wants us to want. He wants us to want it to be about us. That, that's what got him kicked out of heaven to begin with. He wanted it to be about him. He was, t- he was in that, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find my truth. I'm trying to find my per-. And he said, I will rise up bigger than God. It's going to be about me. And listen, it's never going to be anything bigger than God. And there's never going to be any greater way to spend your life than to be in service to him. We want it to be about us, but it's not about us. We used to sing a song. I love that song we used to sing, not to us, but to your name be the glory. It's a great song, but I love it because it's scriptural. Oh, but they can't put it on the screen for you. I'll read it to you. Psalm 115.1 says this, not to us, O Lord, not to us. Listen, whenever something's said twice, you need to pay attention. I mean, you ought to pay attention when it's said once. But if you, if you had a good mama or, or a good daddy, good grandmother, son, whoever uh, brought you along in life, if they had to say, I just told you, and say it right again, mm, that's important. Say important. 
So the, the verse in Psalm 151 says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Not because everything's going right for me. Not because I've had life the way I want it on my terms. Not because I'm, I'm, I'm having a great day. That's why I tell you all the time that God is worthy on good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days. The body of Christ needs to get out of their emotions and get into the truth. Because God is always deserving glory. God is always worthy of praise. We don't always understand what's happening around us. But we should know by now that God deserves more than he's gotten. Can somebody say amen? Now, as, as Christians, oh, or, or as churchgoers, because I, I don't for a minute think everybody that goes to church is a Christian. Mm. Personally, I believe, with, I, I believe what Billy Graham and many others have said. Uh, now, did I tell you all to put your big boy pants on? Here we go. This is what. Billy Graham said, you don't have to like Billy Graham. You should, but uh, he's in heaven and we're not, so there's that. Um, (laughs) Billy Graham said, as many other theologians have said, now he wasn't a theologian, but many theologians have said it, and that's where he got it from, was that the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil shows four different types of hearts that the word falls on. And the place that the word falls most readily on people's hearts is in a church. And so with three out of four of those four people not producing fruit, dying and going to hell, he postulates that three out of four people sitting in church on Sunday morning are not truly born again. Let me just let y'all think on that. got a little cluster of four people right here who's gonna make it maybe more than one but that means the next cluster of four some cluster of four listen i hope that you're more than just a church person i hope that you are a born again follower of jesus christ and that you truly love the lord but church folk talk a good game i everywhere i go i ask people are they saved and they give me their theories, and, and I listen to the way so many people talk, and they, they riddle their lives with cliches. I am so glad I finally worked it out of most people that come here on a regular basis. We, I don't know if it was going through the world or if it was just going through our side of town, but everybody had the same answer. How you doing today? Oh, pastor, I'm blessed, highly favored, always ahead, never to tell, always above, never believe. I'm so blessed. If I was any more blessed, I'd, be, I, I'd just be floating on cloud. No, you're not. I, I told you all one time, had a lady stop by the church on a, on a Friday, I think it was, and they were about to get evicted. The lights were off. They were going through marital problems. I see the, 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 the family comes on Sunday. I greet the, the husband. I, I pull him off to the side, and I said, hey, man, how you doing? Right into it. Oh, Pastor Scott, I'm blessed, highly favored, the head and not the tail. And I'm like, oh, okay, because your wife said y'all needed $700, and I got it in my pocket today. I was going to give it to you, but since you're so good, uh, and I left it alone, left it alone. How many of y'all know truth is better than a lie? 
Now, are we blessed? Yes. Are we highly favored? Yes. But are we always on top of the world? No, that's not God's design. That's the lies people tell you on television to build megachurches. That, that's the lies people tell you on television so you'll send them money. They're selling hype trying to think that if you come to Jesus, all your troubles are going to go away. How many of y'all know coming to Jesus might bring some new trouble in your life? It, it might cause some distance and some relationships. Some people might not understand you, but it's not about us no matter how many times people say oh pastor i love the lord my god with all my heart soul mind and strength really really come on now let's let's be real we're not we're not some uh sophisticated highbrow church where we come in here and fake it i know some do but you you got to get past your churchiness you got to get past trying to, trying to act a different way in church than you act in the street because God knows the truth. They, people say stuff like, you can fool some of the people some of the time. You can fool most of the people most of the time. Listen, we can't fool God. And God's the one that matters. But we, we, we say all these things and uh, we, we say, we quote Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. Really? What if Jesus came up to you and told you like he told the rich young ruler, sell everything you got and give it all to the Lord? Whoo! What if the Lord came and said, get, get involved in personal prayer and Bible study every day? Well, he already said that. How's that working? Mm, hey, if you can't say amen, say ouch. The truth's the truth. Anyhow. But, but people are out there in this day and age in our generation, they're hunting the perfect church so much so, and I laugh every time I see one because I think, how can anyone think like that? It, it, churches put on their signs, no perfect people allowed. We're not a perfect church. Uh, and I'm thinking, nobody thought you was a perfect church. Nobody, nobody's perfect. The Bible says there's not even anybody good but the Lord. But here's the reality. People uh, in this day and age, they're, they're church shopping and church hopping because they bought into the wrong mindset about what church is designed to do. They think church is there to cater to their every want and whim. They think church is there to satisfy their, their to scratch their every itch. They, they think that every problem they have, the church ought to cater to. Do you know the Bible says that those who endure to the end shall be saved? Mm. All right, we're moving. Stay, stay with me. Listen, 100 years ago, and none of us were alive then except Uncle Ken. Uh, not quite. 79? 78. Uh, you don't look a day over 77, brother. Some of y'all mad I said that about. Listen, ask me how, well, at your apparel, ask me how old I think you are. Because I'll tell the truth. That's a, that's a different message for a different crowd. Listen, 100 years ago, people went to church, and they were just happy to gather together in his name. They were just happy to hear the church bell ring and to walk in and be in the gathering of believers, and they were happy to have a place to go and use their, their, their time and their tithe and their talent. They were just happy to go gather somewhere to be around some other Christians, but then that stopped being enough. 
because somebody got the, got the bright idea. Oh, listen, if, if, we, if we put coffee in the foyer and give everybody free coffee, more people will come. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. But then somebody had to up that and throw donuts in there. And then somebody had to up that and say, well, since coffee's a big draw, and there are churches in America that have Starbucks wagons in their foyer serving Starbucks coffee. They don't even have good coffee. If you want, I don't even drink coffee, but I read enough to know that every year they do the same test. They they test Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, and Starbucks, and Dunkin' and McDonald's flip-flop, but Starbucks come in last every time. But they thought, well, we've got to get more people. More people for what? For God's glory? Or more people so you can big bigger barns to house more goats? More people for what? So, So you can make a greater impact on your city? Or so you can pull in more money and, and have beautiful buildings and, and beautiful places. People, listen, if anybody's still wondering when we're going to take up enough money to pave the parking lot, I don't ever see that happening. So that's why I told y'all ladies, listen, if you want to wear nice shoes to church, do like all-star basketball players do. They, they don't get out of their car in their court shoes. That's in a bag. They get out in slides, and they walk in. They sit down on the court, and then they put on their shoes they're going to play in. You don't even need a bag. Carry your shoes. We'll be glad that you came. But people decided in, the, in this past generation that they could make a business out of church where they could all get rich instead of just being grateful to have a place to gather together in his name. Grandmom and them didn't care what the preacher looked like. They didn't care what the preacher sounded like. They were going to the church they were going to after this preacher died, and the next one came along, quit left, stole somebody's wife. Then the next one came along, robbed all the money from the, and they just kept going. They didn't have a special group for uh, church members who've endured a pastor uh, stealing all the money and robbing the church. They, they, but now... I told y'all, man, when I went out to Saddleback Church, I looked at their small group list. And I'm not mad at small groups, but, you know, anything can be taken too far. It was thick as a phone book. Some of y'all never seen a phone book, right? Here's a side note. Eddie Farrah busted up Morgan & Morgan so hard one time in a commercial. I think it's Morgan & Morgan. says, we're still on the back of your phone book. Eddie Farrah gave a commercial one time, and he said, And we're modern enough to know you don't even have a phone book for us to be on the back of. Oh, a shot fired across the bow. But they had small groups to the extreme. So I flipped through it, and the last one I read, it just took the cake. I couldn't do no more. I was like Shaka Khan. I can't do no more. I couldn't do any more with that. It said single women with cats, Tuesday night, Panera Bread. I'm like, oh, well, they got the right restaurant. If you ever saw more than three men in a Panera Bread at one time, I promise you this, none of them had on brogans. They didn't have a tool belt strapped onto them. You know why? Because they don't serve French fries, hamburgers, and pork. It's not the kind of pork we want to eat. But, but they got that perfected for women. If you're a woman, you just ought to live inside Panera. They got the color for it. They got all the decorations right. But I thought single women 
with cats. How hard are we placating people at this point? I wonder, do they have, you know, like a, an Olympics every year against the single women with dogs? Man, I wonder if the dog people go out to cat people. I didn't even look. Maybe they had, you know, uh, married people with birds. This is not what God designed the church to be. This is a fill-up station. This, this, is, this is an obligation. God commands us to gather together on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. We cannot be like other people who forsake the assembling of ourselves together. This is a place where we can come and serve and get involved in ministry. If you're looking for the perfect church and the perfect, you're just going to be miserable all your life. Because it doesn't exist. I love that old song, when the saints go marching in. And that part that hits me so good, I've told you before. Oh, I just want to be in that number. I had an old pastor. He, he didn't say number. He said nimble. I want to be in that nimble. I want do. Listen, I hope you want to be in that number because being in that number who gets to walk into heaven is better than having a church with a paved parking lot catered to your every wish. Well, I just want a preacher that encourages me. I am encouraging you unto the truth. Unto the truth. Listen, I told y'all from day one, it, it was crazy when we had five, 600 people showing up on Sunday in, in, in the church on Blanding Boulevard because the reality is this. Most people want what they want, but they don't want what's good for them. Do you know if you let the first graders pick the menu for the whole elementary school every day for lunch, it wouldn't be nothing but pizza and ice cream. Uh, maybe Italian dunkers, because some kind of way, these kids love it. I don't even know what Italian dunk Is that on point, Kiko? Italian dunkers is where it's at? But if you let a six-year-old pick the menu for children who desperately need good nutrition, they're not going to pick a good menu. And that's what's going on in churches across the world today. Take it proudly, say it on their website. They, they preach their sermons off survey for what the people want. And they, 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 they take requests. I'm like, this ain't happy hour. This ain't karaoke. This, this, we, we're supposed to come here and hear what thus saith the Lord. Hear me good. Christianity is not about us. Christianity is about having a relationship with the one true God through his son, Jesus Christ. Remember when Jesus was getting ready to go and he told his disciples, he said, I'm going to come back and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. And, 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 and where I go you know and the way you know. And, and what Philip say? He's like, what? We, we don't know where you're going and how can we know the way? And Jesus said then what is still true today and will be true forever that he is the way. He's not a way. He's the way. Jesus is the only way to God. He said no one can come to the Father except through him. So we call ourselves, some of us call ourselves Christians. Amen? Well, Christian literally means to be an imitator of Christ. Theologically, it means to follow the doctrines, teaching, and lifestyle of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So that's a heavy load. That's, that's saying a lot. Uh, 
So if we're going to be like Christ, say like Christ. If we're going to be like Christ, then we got we to gotta see who he was. We got to see what he did. We got to get in his word. Listen to what Jesus said in John 13, 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. Oh, I wish we had that on the screen. You, you need to start noticing every time Jesus said, I am, because that was a knife into the chest of the religious people in his day and age because they understood what he was saying. They understood that he was claiming equality with God, the one true God, Jehovah, creator of all there is, who said his name was I am. And, and Jesus said that that's exactly what I am. And then he went on in, in John 13, 14 to say, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now, side note, we don't do foot washing. Because there's not enough need for it. I used to say there's no need for it, but I had to revamp that. Because there might be some need for, for, for some foot wash. Listen, he wasn't blowing up foot washing as a sacrament. He wasn't, he wasn't installing this as, as an ordinance of the church. Some churches, they schedule it on their calendar at least once a year. We're going to have a foot washing. And, and everybody come. I thank God for truth and for revelation that it's not about washing someone's feet. Listen, most people's feet in here are clean. Well, I hope so. Listen, if you have sons, I don't know about daughters because God graced me to have only sons. But if you have sons, you better get in the shower and show them how to wash their feet. Because boys think the soap runs down on their feet, and that's all good. No, you got to pick that foot up, and you got to scrub it underneath and on the top. Uh, but most people's feet are clean. He wasn't, he wasn't blowing up, washing of feet. He was saying we ought to serve each other in practical ways. See, they, they had foot washers there everywhere. Every house had a servant that could afford one, had a servant that's job was to wash visitors' feet. Why? Because they were religious? No, it had nothing to do with religion. It had to do with necessity. People walked with sandals or people walked barefooted. Uh, so, some of y'all, I'm going to tell you what, listen, I, you'll never see me without socks on. I wear socks in my house. I, 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 wear so I take my socks off as I get into bed. Uh, I don't walk on my carpet without socks on. And you're like, ooh, you must have some soft feet. Yeah, thank you. Because if you're a flip-flop wearer, your feet need some extra care. Because you know that, that, that big old white goo on the back of that heel? Mm-hmm. Uh, get yourself some lotion. They needed foot washing in that day and age because people didn't have socks and shoes. So it was something necessary. And that's why I tell you, modern-day foot washing in 2023 is not for somebody to pull out a bowl and ask you to take off your church shoes and, 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 and put a little water. No, it was serving that was necessary. Their feet were dirty and they needed to be clean. It would be more in keeping with what Jesus said if you went over and raked somebody's leaves out of their yard, washed their car, cut their grass, 
do things that serve. Say serve. He said, since I washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Now, is he saying explicitly wash feet? Or is he saying do what I did by serving? He, he started off by saying, you call me Lord, and, and you're right for that. But, but I, I, I did something for you as a servant. Verse 16, he said, I'll tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master. Neither is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Oh, if I ever needed these verses to be on the screen, it's today. People don't like the concept of servitude. People certainly don't like the concept of being a slave. But I came to tell you today, we're all a slave to something. And I'm glad to be a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ because I got the greatest master that ever lived. If you're going to serve something in life, and you are, and you got a choice to serve the only true living God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of everything that is, the only real God says, I want you to serve in my kingdom. You ought to be running. And we need to get this message. Slaves are not greater than their master. Why, why, why is it that so many people claim Christianity when really they, they do everything in their life on their own agenda? They, they don't have the master's agenda. They, 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 they want to pick and choose everything. They, they go to church when they feel like it. They give when they feel like it. They serve a little bit. They, 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 it's all about them. But they'd tell you, oh, I, I'm a Christian. Mm, I like what the old preacher said. If you're on trial for being a Christian... Would there be enough evidence for that to get a conviction? Slaves are not greater than their master. He said, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the people. It's not about the song selection. It's not about the building. It's not about air conditioning. It's not about any of that. It's about gathering together in the name of the Most High God because he told us to. Not only that, he allows us to. I've been saying it for years. People expect too much out of churches. People expect, uh, well, when are we going to have this kind of party? When are we going to have that kind of party? I am convinced that the only thing the church should have to do for people who truly love the Lord is open the door and let them come in. Because if you've been loving on God all week long, if you've been prayed up and praised up, you bring your praise with you. You don't care what they sing. You're going to get your shout on anyhow. It doesn't matter if you know the song or like the song. I like what, what, what the one preacher said when, when the church was filing out, and, and the man said, well, I didn't really like the song selection today. And the pastor said, well, that's okay. It wasn't for you anyhow. It was for the Lord. Mm. But we're in a generation now. Where, uh, and, and I, I've been saying it since, since MC Hammer came out with it. I've been saying that the church is just like the Adams family. When Hammer said they do what they want to do, say what they want to say, dance how they want to dance, play how they want to play. That is more reflective of the people that come to church in America than slaves and servants. 
who understand that we are not more important than the master and the person telling the story is not more important than the story. It's about God. In verse 17, he said, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. There's a promise for you right there, child of God. If you're a believer, he said, now that you know these things, he will bless you for doing them. And this is, this is why so many people are frustrated, so many people are miserable. This is why so many people aren't thriving in their walk with Christ because they are thinking things and not doing things. They are declaring things but not doing things. And the Scripture says over and over and over from the very beginning all the way to the end, God gives us a choice, a choice to obey him and be blessed or a choice to disobey him and not be blessed. Listen, listen to Matthew 20, 28, right out of our book of the month this month. I hope you're enjoying reading the gospel of Matthew. Jesus said, for even the Son of Man came not to be served. Did you hear that? Oh, I need that. I wish you could see it right now. Hear it in your mind's eye. Jesus did not come to be served. He said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. I told you the truth. Everybody serves something. What do you serve? I tell you what most people serve in today's day and age themselves. Well, when's it going to be about me? <laughs> that, that's, that's your whole view of eternity. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't understand that he paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. You don't understand that he saved us when he didn't have to. You don't understand that God got the worst end of the stick when he gave his son so he could get us. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Do you think God got a good deal when he forsook his son on the cross of Calvary so he could get people like us? I'll tell you, he didn't. What, what, what there should be, listen, you can't work your way to heaven. But if you're saved, there's something in you that says, I got to do something for the Lord after all he's done for me. If you love him at all, there's something in you. The Spirit of God lives in you to compel you to move forward in Christ and say, I want the world to know who Jesus is. I want everybody to know how great God is. I don't want to see people die and go to hell. I want to tell the world how great God is. But when you're living contrary, your guilt will keep your mouth shut. Mm. You say, well, what about you, Pastor? Listen, I've never, t- I've told y'all from day one, 20 plus years being the pastor of this church, I've told y'all, I'm not the standard, I'll never be the standard. Don't, don't, don't put me on a pedestal. The only one that we look up to in this church is Jesus Christ. The rest of us are sinners, some saved by grace, some still on their way to hell. I've been telling y'all for years that we're all a work in progress. But is there progress? Mm. Where is the progress? Jesus said, I gave you an example to serve people. Well, what about me? That's your whole problem. You're looking for what you can get out of Christ. That's what Judas was looking for. Judas was a zealot. 
Judas, Judas was a, 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 a rebellious uh, group of people that stirred everything. They wanted someone to come and lead them to overthrow the oppressors so they could have their time on top. And there's so many people right now, all they want out of God is personal satisfaction and self-fulfillment. Well, when, when is my blessing going to come? Listen, if he never does another thing for you again in your life, he did more than enough on Calvary when he suffered, bled, and died and raised himself from the dead so that we could have everlasting life. Let's, let's get into our text and wrap this up. In Isaiah 58.10, the opening text, God said, Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as the sun. Feed the hungry, he starts with. Now, I told you somebody says something twice. They really, they really want to make sure you got it. I didn't back up to verse 7. I mean, it's not on the screen for you to see it. But he said, feed the hungry twice. Here in uh, this verse and back in verse 7, he said, share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Boy, I tell you what, some of y'all love caller ID. Mm-mm. Hey, y'all, how many of y'all remember back in the day? We didn't have caller ID. We had to be bold. We had to be brave. We had to be warriors. We had to pick up the phone and say hello. God has commanded us to be helpful, to feed hungry people, to clothe people who need clothing. I've told y'all, if this church never did anything again in life, our food and clothing ministry that we have been doing since the week we started over 20 years ago is more than enough to, to, to celebrate our existence. We've given away over $4 million worth of food and clothes in the last four years while church attendance across the country, including here, has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. But we're still feeding the hungry and clothing people that need clothes. Amen? That's what God said do. He, he, he said, then, let me flip my page back over because I don't see it on the screen. Verse 10, he said, feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then, when is then, church? After. It's after. It's after you do what he told you to do. That's why I'm never going to have everybody in this room say, this is my Bible. It is, I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I can do. Because that's not true for everybody. Unless you're doing what God said to do, you're never going to have what the Word says you can have. God is an if and then God. I've been telling you for years, notice the word if and the word then in the Bible. Because God sets forth prerequisites for blessing. There are two types of blessings in Christ. There, there are conditional blessings and there are unconditional blessings. An unconditional blessing is everybody on this planet gets the same amount of oxygen. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Everybody, everybody uh, the sun shines on, on good people, bad people, saved people, lost people. But the majority of God's promises are conditional. If you do this, then I'll do that. And I want you, if you don't hear anything I heard, 
Snap back in and hear this. If this is all you get, you'll have enough. If you do the if, God will always do the then. Promise you that. God is not a liar. He said he's incapable of lying. And God said, if you do these things, he, he said, feed the hungry, help those in trouble. He said, then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. If and then, if we serve other people, if we live our lives not for ourselves but for God's glory, if we put our agenda on the back burner and move God to the forefront, then God is going to respond. And what we need more than anything, for those of us who are truly born again, we need God's response in our life. But it won't come before the if and the then. See, God God says he, he, he'll let our light shine bright. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. That's his plan. How many of y'all know some people hiding out? Remember, remember that song we used to sing? This little light of mine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it. Hide it under a bushel. No. Guess what? Too many people claiming to be the light of the world because of Jesus inside them. And that light is so hidden in the darkness. Obscured with self. Distractions. Other things. He said in verse 15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, hear this, this is so good. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Not so they'll praise you, so they'll praise God. Let your good deeds be seen. This is what the world needs. The world needs to see Christians serving the world. The world needs to see people who name the name of Christ living lives that shine for God. Isaiah 58, 11 says, he's talking about what God will do for you. First, he already told us in verse 10, he's going to make your light shine bright. Listen, I've told you what's, what light is. i told you what salt and light is. Jesus said we're salt, we're light. Salt is designed to flavor and to preserve. Light is designed to brighten and, and allow things to be seen. And everywhere you go, you ought to flavor your atmosphere for God, and you ought to brighten your atmosphere for God. You carry the light of God with you if you're a Christian, and you need to be shining brightly. And we can't shine brightly if we're hiding it under a bushel. Well, Pastor, as soon as I get delivered from this, 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 and this, I'm going to serve the Lord with my everything. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you're not willing to give up this, that, and the other right now. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I, I, I talked to Shannon because uh, he's, he's a professional counselor. It's what he does for a living and I, I know Shannon will get this. In, in therapy, when, when, when counselors are counseling, they, they can tell who the crazy people are. Easy. Let me, let me just give you, give you the biggest giveaway. If you tell your counselor twice in one session, 
I'm not crazy. Mm. Unless you've been accused of being crazy. That's a red flag. But here's the biggest one. And, and, and therapists call this delusions of grandeur. Delu- I can't tell you because there's been too many people that have told me, Pastor, God told me I was going to have the largest evangelism ministry in the world. Um, are you going to start studying your Bible on a regular basis? Uh, Pastor God told me that I was going to have the largest marriage ministry in the world. Uh, Are you going to start loving your spouse? Delusions of grandeur are for crazy people. We got so many people sitting in churches talking about how anointed they are for greatness, and they, they they don't have enough anointing to have an active prayer life. You really want to grow in Christ? Three things I've been telling you. Since day, I've been saying this for 40 years. Three things you need to do. First thing is what? Read your Bible. Second thing is what? Say your prayers. Third thing, make good choices. If you do that every day for 100 days, you will find out you will grow so much closer to God than you ever thought you could be. Uh, I ask people all the time, are you reading your Bible? Well, not like I should. Why? Jesus said this is food for your soul. Jesus said you can't just live by regular food. If you're, if you're a spiritual person, you've got to have spiritual food. Not only will he cause our light to shine bright in verse 11, it said the Lord will guide you continually, comma. Always pay attention to the punctuation. You see that comma, you stop and you pause and you reflect on it. Read it again. Take it in bite-sized pieces. Get it down in your spirit. It's not enough just to read it. You got you to gotta get what it's saying. You got to understand it. The Bible says with all you're getting, get understanding. And then you got to learn how to apply it to your life. Pay attention when you read the scripture to the punctuation. The Lord will guide you continually. This is part of the then, say then. When is then? After. After you did the if. This is after we've become servants to all the world. This is after we've taken ourselves off the pedestal. This is when we realize it's not about us. This is when we put it all in God's hands. And then the Lord will guide you continually. So many people out there searching for God's will like it's lost. Pastor, I just wish the Lord would let me know what he wants me to do. Well, I got three things you can do right off the bat. Read your Bible every day. You you really want to be a disciple of Christ? The word word of disciple is discipline. It takes discipline to grow in your relationship. Some of y'all haven't grown much since salvation because you won't put forth the effort. Listen, I told y'all, I was a certified master fitness trainer in the Army. You look at me right now, fat as I am, morbidly obese, according to the doctor's charts, BMI of plus 30. Uh, you're like, brother needs to learn how to. I know how to work out, but I don't. I, 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 can, I can talk to you uh, about muscle fatigue. I can talk to you about recovery. I can talk to you about what every machine in every gym is good for. I can teach you how to explode your lats and build your traps. Uh, well, where are your lats and traps? They're there. I got abs, too. It's just covered under a pile of fat. Just because you know something doesn't mean you do something. 
We're not going to win the world to Christ by knowing stuff. They're tired of hearing us say one thing and do the other. It's time for the blood-bought body of Christ to make a decision that they are going to live every day for the rest of their life off their own agenda, and they're going to get on God's plan because God has a plan. Once we do that, he said, the Lord will guide you continually. How cool would that be? How cool would that be if you really sensed the leading of the Holy Ghost? See, I talked to you guys about hearing the voice of God, crawling up in the Father's lap, and letting him hold you and comfort you. And some of y'all are just like, don't even know what I'm talking about. Because you haven't grown to the place where you serve God enough to where you can get to the then, where, where you can really know. And I'm not talking about in some audible voice. Listen, if God spoke to you, turn left at the light. That's not a faith walk. That's a hearing walk. If God shows up to you every night in your bedroom and sits down on the couch and talks to you, well, if you have a couch in your bedroom, you're rich, but somebody might. That's not a faith walk. That's a sight walk. But to know, it's just like the, the, the praise team saying, I know my Redeemer lives. Man, if the devil's going to try to convince me that God ain't real, he's too late. I know that I know that I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that I know that Jesus Christ is a healer and a Savior. I know He's a good God. I know He's faithful and true. I know His loving kindness lasts forever and His mercy endures to all generations. Man, I know He picked me before I had a chance to blow the audition. And I know He kept me when I was unkeepable and loved me when I was unlovable. Still, mm. let me finish this so we can get out of here. The Lord will guide you. Continue. If the Lord's not guiding you continually, if you don't have an assurance of the divine in your life, if you don't feel like the, the, the old songwriter said, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own. See, that's enough if you ever get it. If you ever get that you're on the winning team, you're not going to worry about how the car is doing or what the bank account says. You're not going to worry about your sciatica or your gout. You're going to realize soon and very soon we're going to see the king. You're going to realize it doesn't matter what I'm living in on this earth because I got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. But too many people not sensing the divine moving them, not, not being guided continually. Why? Because they didn't do the if. You can't get to this without doing the if. You just can't live life for yourself forever and then wake up one day and just, you know, God all of a sudden be all over you uh, like mayonnaise on a ham sandwich. <laughs> just doesn't work like that. But he said the Lord will guide you continually. Then he says this. After that comma, he goes on and says, giving you water when you're dry. Oh, man. People used to be just excited about salvation. Now they want more. People used to just used to be excited to know that they know that, that this isn't all there is in life. There's an afterlife coming. They weren't looking for all their blessings in this life. But if God gave them just a little sip of some cold water, some refreshing. Oh, I miss the days uh, when, when I remember when my sister and I first got saved and we'd, we'd call each other 
on landlines. How many of y'all remember landlines? We call each other on landlines and say, I just got to share this with you. I just got a nugget. God just spoke to me out of his way. I just caught something. And listen, you ought to be catching something when you read the Bible. You ought to be catching some refreshing. You ought to say, oh, that's good to me. You ought to get up in your bedroom naked, run around the bed and shout hallelujah, glory to God, because he's a refreshing God. But most Christians are so strung out, wrung out, busted, disgusted, can't be trusted, down and out. Why would the world want to come to your God? If, if, if you're not refreshed in your own Christianity, he said he'll give you water when you're dry. All over the world, they understand water is life. Water is life. Wa- wa- water is refreshing. Everything needs water. All civilization is built up around water. I heard a comedian say one time, uh, you know, farm aid has lost its way. And he was saying, we've been sending food into uh, the desert. For, for decades, he said, why don't we send some ideas into the desert? Like, move out of the desert. Food don't grow there. Civilizations are built around water because water increases the value of your life. You ought to want God to give you some water. He said he'll give you water when you're dry. And what's that mean, church? There's more. And restoring your strength. If the church of Jesus Christ ever needed to have its strength restored, it's 2023. It is now. The church, now I've told y'all, there's nothing wrong with the church as the body of Christ with Christ as the head, because the Bible says that the church is spotless without blemish. Some people think that God's waiting to come back until the church gets cleaned up. Listen, Jesus already cleaned up the church. But I'm talking about local congregations. I'm talking about people who gather together and claim to be the church. If there's no strength, can't get anything done. But he promised he'd restore our strength. Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to understand that's how it should be, but seldom is. Did you hear me? That's how it should be, but seldom. The joy of the Lord is designed by God to be our strength. Now, how can we have peace, love, and joy like a river when, when the world is upside down? When our politicians can't tell us what a woman is and what a man is, when, 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 when we, we've got so many problems all the way around us, how can we have peace, love, and joy like a river? Because if, here, I'll tell you how. If you realize that Jesus loves you and he's going to take you out of here one day and set you up in heaven forever, you can endure through any situation. Because this is just temporary, what we're going through right here. It doesn't matter who the next president is, just like it didn't matter who the last president was or who this guy is now. God is going to have his way. And that's the strength that he wants to bring back to his church, the understanding of how strong he is. 
See, we got these mega churches out there lying to people, telling them, God wants you to walk in dominion, and God wants you to dominate. You, 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 you. That's no truth in that. God wants humble servants cheering him on to the victory line. God, God wants people who are not strong in themselves. God wants you to be a strong independent. No, independence is contrary to Christianity. That's how this nation was birthed in sin. Didn't want to do what the Brits told them to do, so they came over here and messed up a bunch of stuff. Ain't got a bunch of stuff right. I love America. It's still the greatest nation on, on the planet. If you think it's hard to be what you are in this country, go try being it somewhere else. I told you I never laughed so hard. I saw on the news um, that they, they, were, they were protesting. And I, I told you, I, t- I prophesied this to y'all before the attack even happened. I prophesied to you that you better be saying good words about Israel. I told you all these racial jokes people tell they think are funny. You better never put your, I told y'all before it happened, and I've been telling you since, Israel is on the right side because God said so. These people, I saw, I saw all these people out there protesting, these Palestinians. Well, Pastor, I'm for the oppressed. Listen, ain't nobody more oppressed than Israel? Well, I'm against the colonizer. Israel's not colonizing anybody. They left Gaza in 2005, and there's not one Jew living there today. They're not, they're not oppressing anybody in the Gaza Strip. It's, it's all lies and propaganda. But I saw all, and on the sign, a sign in that crowd of people who showed up to pro-Palestine march. Listen, you, you, if you are pro-Hamas, then you're pro-terrorism and you're anti-Israel. And if you're anti-Israel, you're anti-God. Jesus is a Jew. And God told us that he'll bless those who bless the nation of Israel. And all his followers should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But the sign I saw, hilarious. It said, and, and listen, I'll describe, I'll describe the girl to you. Hideously ugly white woman. Pastor, you shouldn't talk about people that way. You, you never seen anybody hideously ugly? Okay. Hideously ugly. Uh, shaved head on one side, God's truth, green on this side, purple on that side, piercings everywhere. I ain't saying piercings are wrong, but listen, you, hey, you, you, can tell, you, you can tell an apple tree if it's got apples hanging off it. Big old heavy set, butch chick holding a sign, lesbians for Palestine. Let that sink in. Get past judging me for what I said and let that sink in. Lesbians for Palestine. I'm thinking, you know, I got a few dollars. I, 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 got, I got enough money to send a couple thousand people to Palestine if you want to go. And, and I'll send you. I'll pay you way. I'll pay the whole freight. And let you take as many as you want to take with you. As long as you never come back. And lesbians for Palestine, that's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Do you know what they do to homosexuals in Palestine? They imprison and execute them. These people are supporting people that wouldn't even accept your support. Listen, people have got it so twisted. We're in a world that's so upside down right now. How in the world are we going to have the strength to endure the the, the coming difficulties? How are we going to have the strength as believers to endure what this world is up against right now? It's not in us. It's not about us. 
The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Stop trying to be strong enough to be who God called you to be and get dependent enough on him so he can be strong in you. Somebody ought to say amen right there. He said he'll restore our strength. We'll be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Spent a lot of time in the lawn business. And I want you to look at your grass next time you're in your yard, if you have St. Augustine grass, and most of you do. If you live in the country, you might not. But St. Augustine grass is, comes in a blade, and it's got like a V in it. And when it's well-watered, it looks like you've got four times as much grass in your yard as you really do. Because when St. Augustine grass is well-watered, that V flattens out, and it makes it two, three, four times wider. Guess what happens when it's not well watered? Not only it closes, and then when it's really not well watered, it rolls in and becomes a little round piece of grass. You look at grass that is not laid open flat, you know it needs water. God said we should be like a well watered garden. Everything about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ ought to be visible. People ought to see us as, 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 as big and out there, visible as to what we're doing. Well-watered garden, he said, like an ever-flowing spring. So he wants us to shine bright for his glory so he can guide us, refresh us, restore our strength, and make us useful. Verse 12 says, some of you, and it's the last verse, don't miss it, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Why not all? When you read the Bible, pay attention to it. Look at it. Think about it. Some of you will. Why won't we all? Because everybody's not willing. I told you God's got a plan, and he wants to use you to do it. He said his name will be glorified in all the earth. Some people will get involved with that. Some people won't. He said some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. I'll tell you one thing for sure. Jacksonville is on the way down. Jacksonville has been on the way down. First church I was in ministry in was Riverview Baptist Church on Lim Turner near Sutel. Sat over 1,500 people, had a balcony that hadn't been used in years because the, the 20 people that were still going there were all over 70, and they were all white, and when if you, if you Google white flight Jacksonville, you'll find out in the 50s and 60s all the white people left the north side. And that's how the west side got crowded. That church dried up, died, because they wouldn't embrace change in the neighborhood because they were full of racists. And in, in true God fashion, I, I laugh every time I ride by and thank Jesus. Uh, it now is a thriving ministry, an all-black church, where they're impacting the community and loving on the people that live there. Can somebody say praise God for that? But the north side used to be where everybody, north side was the spot. North side was the spot. But then as, as, as the north side started to go down in value, people flushed out to the west side. Guess what people did when the west side started going down in value? Schools got worse. We got to go to Clay County. Got to move to Orange Park. Have you been to Orange Park lately? <laughs> Listen, you, you might want to get, you know, consider taking away. When they let the school students out at Orange Park High School, 
Man, it, it literally looks like um, New ja- a scene out of New Jack City. I'm like, man, I remember when Orange Park was rich folk. Now it looks like Gangsterville. So what did everybody do from Orange Park? Left Orange Park, moved to Middleburg. But then the country folk ran them out of Middleburg, and they moved to St. John's County. And it's happening in cities all across America. It's called urban sprawl. Every city starts in the downtown area, just like Jacksonville did. It's where all the businesses are. It's where all, all, all the services are. But then when people start not liking the way it's going, they move out. And guess what happens? It gets worse. They move out. Then the place they're in gets worse, and they move it. Listen, I've watched it. I've watched people leave downtown, go to the north side. People leave the north side, go to the west side. People leave the west side, go to Orange Park, go to Middleburg, go to Fleming, go to Nocatee, go to St. John's. And listen, and all it's doing is making Jacksonville more of a death spiral. So, so what, what's the answer? Somebody's got to step into this verse. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. I was raised on the west side of Jacksonville. I went to Joseph Stilwell Junior High School. I graduated from Ed White High School in 1981. First time I got shot at was on the corner of Firestone and Matthew. I lived on these streets growing up, and I'm not ready to see Jacksonville fall into the nothingness that Buffalo, New York has fallen into and that Flint, Michigan has fallen into. But it's coming. If somebody doesn't start rebuilding, it's coming. When I went to Niagara Falls, I I spent some time in Buffalo. The the time I was up there, there were houses for sale everywhere. There was a house for sale. There was this one street I walked on. Every house on both sides of the street was abandoned and empty. Everybody had left. There was a house over 3,000 square feet, beautiful, old, uh, gorgeous. They wanted $3,000 for it because the city was bulldozing on them, like we're seeing in Jacksonville. Some of y'all didn't grow up in Jacksonville. You don't remember when, when Ashley Street used to go all the way to the interstate, and you had to pass Big Al's Odyssey Show Club, and, and, and you, you had to, there, there was vibrant business and stuff. They had to shut the Popeyes down down there because people kept getting killed. Well, now it's the west side. What are we going to do? We're just going to let everything fall apart? Or is somebody going to say, I'll be the sum of you who will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city? He said, then you'll be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Our city's failing. Our country is failing. And the body of Christ is sitting back wondering, when are they going to sing the songs that I like? I told you that's the last verse, and it is. But I want to read it to you. Y'all know I love the King James Version. It's the, it's the version I read when I first got saved. It's so poetic and so majestic. I preach primarily the New Living because it's easier to, for people to follow along. But listen to the same verse in the King James. Those from among you shall, re, shall build the old waste places. You think there's any old waste places on 103rd Street? You can't ride anywhere. Ride on 103rd. Here, here's, the, here's the big roads on the west side of Jacksonville, for those of y'all that don't know. 
103rd Street, Blanding, Cassett Avenue, San Juan, Lane, Normandy. You ride up and down any one of those streets, you'll see shut down businesses. How many of y'all remember right up here on the corner of Firestone and uh, 103rd? They used to have that little jiffy store there for years that was abandoned. They finally knocked that down. The reason why all those houses were so cheap in Buffalo, because the city didn't want to have to keep paying people to knock them down. So they were selling them all for $3,000 a piece, but the caveat was you got to live there for a year. And nobody would do it because the city is a shell of what it used to be. City, cities like Detroit, cities like Buffalo, cities like Pittsburgh used to be the crowning achievements of America used to be where all the money was. Now, the three richest counties in America are all surrounding the Washington, D.C. area because the government is just taking over and letting the cities go to nothing. It says, you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. You can give up and say, well, it's all, going, it's all going downhill now, Pastor, or you can be a repairer. God's got a plan. He wants to use you. I'm going to be talking to you more about this. I'm not going to get into it today other than just to let you know what it is. God put this in me years ago and had me sit on it and sit on it and sit on it. I took it to the staff uh, in the last couple of weeks, and it starts this week. And it's called the Metro Jacksonville P3 Initiative. Say P3. The Metro Jacksonville P3 Initiative. And that P3 stands for Partnership, Promotion, and Prayer. And I am going to go, and if anybody wants to be a, a repairer of the breach with me, you let me know. I am going to go to every business and nonprofit organization that God will let me go to and I am going to offer them a partnership with the Abundant Life Community Center to help make Jacksonville a better place. I, I, I showed a couple of people the, the outline that I'm going to be talking to these business owners about, and, and, and we're going to ask them to be partners with us. Well, what are they going to get out of it? Well, we're going to promote their business on, on our social media. We're going to patronize their business. We're going to eat where they serve food. We're going to buy where they, serve, where they say buy. Listen, if, we, if everybody keeps going to the other side of town to do their shopping, this side of town will die for sure. So we're going to partner with them, we're going to promote them, and we're going to pray for them. And I, had, I showed that to a couple people. They said, well, what are we going to get out of it? Here's what we're going to get out of it. We're going to offer, some of y'all heard, heard me talk about Shannon. Raise your hand and wave at everybody, Shannon. Shannon. Shannon's a licensed professional counselor. He offered all of y'all. Free mental health counseling, free addiction counseling, free any kind of help counseling. And he's licensed and certified in all of it. Nobody followed through, did they? One, two. What, what, what's the Bible say? If the people you invite won't come to the party, do what? Go out into the highways and hedges and, 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 and go invite them. So I'm about to go tell everybody. I, 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 y'all know I had to give up on Burger King. I got to re-embrace Burger King. 
I used to, when we came over here, I ate at Burger King every day, building relationships in the community. I gave up on the sheik. I got to re-embrace the sheik. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and tell them, not only are we going to promote your business for free, we're going to come and spend money in your business, and we're going to pray for you guys. Well, what are they going to do for us? Here's what they're going to do for us. They're going to give us a whole, I'm, I'm letting them know. And I had, to, I had to call Shannon and say, you good for this? You, you for real? Because I'm about to tell uh, 5,000 businesses, uh, you know, we got a licensed counselor who wants to do all. Do you think Burger King on 103rd Street has some employees that need some mental health counseling? I can testify they do. They don't even understand no cheese. They, they need all the help they can get. We're going to offer them free addiction counseling. We're going to offer them free mental health counseling, free marriage counseling, free premarital counseling. We're going to avail our services to them. We got the same 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 people showing up all the time. Some people right here in our own neighborhood don't come get food and clothing. And we're giving it away by the millions. We're going to offer all our services to them and to everybody that they, they know. We're going to offer our community center, our Abundant Life Community Center food and clothing ministry for volunteers who want to be part of a grassroots movement. There's some people like that out there. We're, going, we're also going to offer community service hours. We've been doing that for y'all for years, but enough of y'all don't take advantage of it. Y'all know your children need community service hours to get into a decent university. They, they, that, that factors into their acceptance. We're going, to, we're going to give away community service hours for those who want to volunteer for it and for the others. <laughs> Y'all don't know who the others are? That, that's, that's, that's court-ordered community. So I, I can tell you this. As somebody who's been in jail in Jacksonville, as somebody who has had community service hours ordered on me, I don't even know if you remember where, where I had to do my last community service at, at the dog kennel place on on beach boulevard the humane society i had to go in there and stand in dog poop and hose down dog poop for for eight hours every saturday for months if they had said hey we got a nice church right around the corner from your house you don't have to drive to the other side of town where you don't know anybody and you can go over there and meet some nice people help pack some boxes and hand out some food uh and you it, it's a, a lot hey how to done that before i'd have hosed down dog poop I'm just saying. So we're going to offer all these different things to our community because I'm tired of hearing people say church ain't doing nothing to help the people. We need to get more involved in helping people than we've already been. And, be, and everybody I've showed it to have asked me the same thing. Well, what are we going to get out of it? You think it will grow the church? I don't care. I'm a, listen, nobody, very few people from our food and clothing ministry over 21 years have ever become members of this church. Every mega church pastor I've ever talked to told me the same thing. You ought to do your food and clothing the way we do ours. We give it away on Sunday morning and make them come to church to get it. I don't believe in taxing people. The Bible says freely receive, freely ought you to give. When I used to do ministry downtown to homeless people, I, I can tell you firsthand how much it annoys people to have to want to get a shower and a bed and a meal at the Trinity Rescue Mission because the tax they put on them, you got to be here by 5 o'clock and hear the sermon to get the food, the shower, and the bed, and most of them opt out. Now, nah, making me sit there and listen to nobody. 
So we, we don't do that. They, they all say, well, you, you grow your church. I'm not interested in how many people we put in these purple seats. I'm interested in advancing the kingdom of God and being useful to the creator of all there is. I'm interested in being able to have something to show God because one day we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to give an answer for how we lived our lives and some people are going to have nothing to show for their salvation but pride and selfishness. Here's what we're going to get out of it. People to serve. Because what is a servant without someone to serve? What is ministry without somebody to minister to? I, I, I was blown away. I've done so much counseling in my life. To, it's just incredible. I've never had anybody love the Lord so much, especially this 20-year professional at it, come and say, I, I, I'll provide free of charge to anybody. That's hundreds of dollars an hour, y'all. Hey, listen, you can still get in on that wagon. Do not deal with life on your own. If you're going through some stuff, fill out a card and, 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 and let people know. You want some counseling. We're going to provide you counseling for free. And if you say, Pastor, I'd like to go with you. I'd, I'd like to have, Listen, we're going to promise to pray for these businesses. And I can't pray for them all by myself. I'm going to be assigning missionaries. You're going to get five, five businesses that are going to be your, your ministry. You might get ten. If you're faithful to pray over five, we'll give you ten. The Bible says if you're faithful over little things, you've got to make a rule over much. If you say, I want to be involved in helping spread the good word about what we want to do to make Jacksonville a better place, because we're better when we work together. The Bible says God blesses the place of unity. That's where he commands a blessing. If you say, I want to be involved, take one of those cards out uh, before you leave, turn it in an offering bucket, put it on the altar, give it to somebody, and just write P3. P3. That's the Metro Jacksonville P3 initiative, partnership, promotion, and prayer. If we do the ifs, God will do the thens. And we got to go build up what's been torn down. And our city is torn down. The walls are broken. We need some modern-day Nehemiahs who will weep and fast and pray and, 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 and be hurt over the condition of what's going on. So many unchurched people at, disconnected from church. When I was in seminary, there was only two groups of people that, that, that professors taught about. The saved and the lost. The churched and the unchurched. In my lifetime, this country has developed a third group, the de-churched. People who used to be in church a lot and don't go now. We need to get the message out, and here's the message. God loves you, and we're here to serve you. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve, and we're going to do that same thing. If you're here and you're not saved, listen, don't, don't serve God without being saved. That's, that's too much work. Let God save you and put his spirit inside you to guide you. And then you can be all that God called you to be. You don't have to walk in aisle, shake my hand, pray a prayer with me to get saved. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. If you want to get saved, call on God. And if you really mean it. See, a lot of you have done that. A lot of you have prayed prayers, been baptized, the whole nine, and it didn't really stick. And it's not because God didn't do his part. He already told us that you'll only find me 
when you search for me with your whole heart. You get serious about finding God, you cry out to God, ask him to save you. He'll do the rest. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for the patience of the people to listen. God, help us to hear you. Help us, God, to care more about your agenda than ours. Help us, God, to die to ourselves and to serve you, to truly love you with everything we have, and let it go beyond lip service, God. Let us reach out and be a blessing to the world that you created so that they will see our good works and glorify you in heaven. You're a good God. You're faithful. They're lying about you in the streets, God. You haven't abandoned us. You haven't left us. You are a faithful God, and your mercy endures forever. And, God, I pray you'd raise up people who would be, as your word said, some of the ones who will rebuild and who will repair the breach. Things are falling apart, God, and we need you. And we confess now our total dependence on you. And we ask you to have your way in each of our lives, in the life of this church. For your glory, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.